This is a National Arts Center podcast. Find more great NAC podcasts on the performing arts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Center on iTunes and subscribe for free. Welcome to the We Love Canadian Music Podcast. I'm your host, NAC Presents Executive Producer, Heather Gibson. We Love Canadian Music brings you up-close and personal interviews with Canadian musicians on far-ranging topics from life on the road to the artists they find most inspiring. Join us every two weeks for a new interview. So I'm sitting here today with Alejandra Rivera. How are you? I'm I'm well. Good. Yeah. Good. And you've been on the road for a little bit now? I have, yeah. In fact, six hours just today in the van we clocked uh, coming from, from London, Ontario. Right. Yeah. And how was that? It was... Uh, London was super fun. It was a great show. Yeah. Um, the van is getting a bit... Is, is getting a bit old. But it's pretty... That's the, kind of the norm, though, isn't it, when you tour Canada? That yeah. you're in that van a lot? Indeed. And you have to know and love the people that you're in the band with? Yeah, and I'm lucky because I do. I do. I tour with uh, I tour with three of the funniest people that I've ever met like oh, in my nice. life. So it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people think touring is, sounds like a really fun time. And I think that the shows are the reward and that part of the work. But I don't think that anyone has given much thought of, of like Joe, Joe Public has given much thought to what it means to finish a show, pack up, go to the hotel where you might get a bag of chips from the vending machine. I remember Richard Flohill told me this story and I can't, but I can't remember who the artist was, but it was someone really famous. It was someone like Ray Charles and he was being interviewed by a journalist who was quite cocky and rather rude mm. and asked him what he gets paid to play a show these days. Um, and uh, when this interview happened and his reply was I make music for free right what I get paid to do is spend my life in airports and yeah. be away from my family on holidays and occasions and occasionally talk to people like you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. I sort of loved I was like nice one yeah <laughs> yeah and it's true and I don't I know that I used to to do some be on the road as a tour manager and um, I don't know these people who are doing five or six weeks I mean it's one thing when you're doing a flying tour you have a different bit of a thing in the airports and that kind of bit but it's still a slog yeah um, you know or if you're in a tour where maybe someone's got all your gear for you and that kind of stuff but still a slog and you're probably not with your family and those kind of things but yeah. I was usually in what you're talking about, the van tour, yeah, where it's this, it gets to be quite a routine of drive a long distance in Canada. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky because I love it. Like, I actually lo- really love being on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always. This is the second time I've I've you know done this thing where I've made a record, and then the timing of when it's come out has meant that I've been on the road in January, February, and March in right. Canada. You might want to change that timing. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> I learned a whole new language to not be in Canada at this time right. and to be in Europe. <laughs> and then I just find myself being transported back and I'm going, how did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. speaking of that then, so you did you grow up in Montreal or lived in Montreal for a bit? No, I grew up in Toronto and okay. I was there until I was 29 and then I moved to Montreal um, 
five years ago to make a record. Right. And uh, and then I sort of fell in love with it, and so I stayed for three years. Right. And then from there, I went to France. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and spent some time, a couple of years in France? Yeah, yeah. And touring a fair Paris. bit over there? Yeah, a fair bit. It was really nice because um, someone that I met, an, an artist from France that I met um, in Montreal, was really sweet. Actually, the... I had invited him. He's 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 quite well known in France, and he's mm. really established. And I invited him to the first sort of showcase that I was doing in Paris right. at this place called Les Trois Baudets, which is where a lot of people play for the first time when they come to Paris. And um, and it did not go over particularly well. Oh. And uh, and I had invited him, and I and I went to his house for tea a few days later, and he and he said, you know, Alejandra, how are you feeling? And I said, I said, oh my God, I said I'm so depressed. I said they say that I'm weird. All I heard is that they think that that like my hands move in a weird way and my 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 voice is weird and my 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 knees are weird and my feet are weird and he sort of took pity on me and he said well first he played me a bunch of scenes from Singing in the Rain right. and then kept turning to me and saying c'est very bizarre non c'est very weird <laughs> and uh, and then at the end of the night he said uh, he said uh, you know when's your record coming out in France and I said in the fall and he said well that's perfect I'm going on tour so why don't you come with me and be my opening act so I was wow. super yeah. lucky and I got to run around all over France in a at a big sort of rock and roll style tour bus with 14 French musicians and crew members. And, right. Yeah. And probably not driving anywhere for six hours. It was a dream because, yeah. you, you know, you just sleep overnight in that little coffin-like you know, yeah, spot yeah. on the bus and then wake up and, and you're in a whole new town and usually often somewhere in the south and it was beautiful and... Yeah. So I think probably what the general public doesn't know is what that means to sleep in the coffin, the little part of the bus. So oh. there's this motor coach, right? And usually there are bunks stacked. Oh. So when you see that big motor coach out in front of your arena or wherever you might be, yeah. and people think there's fancy things going on in there. No, there's there's one small room in the back for the star, and um, and then there are twelve bunk beds that are yeah they're sort of maybe a little bit bigger than a coffin or maybe the same size not and, a lot of rolling over not much no, no. <laughs> you couldn't be claustrophobic yeah yeah i have yeah. i've looked at those and thought that i'd probably be a bottom bunk person yeah i mean i don't know people are always with the top but i and also the the bus is moving i'm i would be thinking i'm falling out of the i once took a, a one of those fast trains from uh over there, I can't remember if it was it was Venice, Vienna. I think was the two connecting points, and it was there was a strap to strap you into the train, and that's oh, what I feel like wow. I'd want on one of those buses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not just the little. I think ours had like they were like little curtains you could close, but with one tiny little button that right. <laughs> would For never extra privacy would never hold you in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so on that that uh, run of of shows, and I'm sure you did some on your on your own. Was there any place that you were in Europe that you'd like to go back to that you didn't really see that you you popped into town and did the show and had to leave right away? Um, well, I got to I got to spend what was it three or four days in Sardinia, mm. um, in Italy, and that was just extraordinary. Um, I mean, it was it was just insanely beautiful, and the God, the food was so good, and right. and I've often thought I'd love to get back and properly tour right. in Italy. Um, yeah, Just through the small towns? and is, yeah. there, is there that kind of music culture there where the small towns have little taverns that you can play at? Or? So, so that's the only gig that, that, I, that I've done in Italy. But, but what's extraordinary is that you have these, these amazing theaters um, that are, they, they may be seat like two or three hundred, hmm. um, but they're, they're circular. And, um, 
And you can sing completely. You can play completely uh, a cappella, unplugged, right. and everyone can hear you. Right. It's it, they're it's, made for that. It's magic. Yeah. Right. So that's that's the that's the part that really that you know is a huge musical appeal for me. Yeah. Over there. Yeah. And so is it is it your preference? Are you back to Canada for good for a while? I am. I'm sort of back and forth these right. days. Yeah. Right. I'm sort of. I'm, I'm sort of. Yeah. A couple months here, and then a couple months back over there, and then a couple months back here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so you also sing in Spanish. A little, uh, not uh, not on this record, um, particularly, but yeah, in the past. Right. And yeah. is is that a, a mother tongue for you, Spanish? Well, sort of a sort of a weird one because right. I was originally when I was when I was a baby, we moved to we moved to South America for a year, right? And uh, so I was going to nursery school, and it was kind of my first language. But we came back to Canada, and when my parents split, I sure. basically didn't. Yeah, I, I sort of lost it, and then I've spent the past four or five years learning to speak French. So it's, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. Eh? When we're kids like that, I was in, this, in a similar situation where uh, I, I took German in university and okay. and phoned my mom and said, how come I know this language? And she said, well, because you were in kindergarten grade one, it was in German. We, I grew up in a Mennonite community. Oh, and uh, wow. And I had no recollection of that. I moved when I, when I was seven, um, six or seven. So it's, but it's funny that how much of that is deep-rooted, that... Yeah. Yeah. Do you it, find that that kind of does does the language and those experiences do they feed into your music now? They do to an extent. Um it's uh it's funny because I now think I find myself thinking partially in English and in French. Right. Um which is which is odd. There's a there's a track on the on the record where I wrote it in in what I call Montréalaise, which is mm really common in Montreal just to, to exchange one phrase back and forth like English, right. French, English, right. French um, and so so that started to happen but the other thing is when you start to learn a language the more you learn the more you realize how much you don't know right. and just how <laughs> bad you're you know it was how bad you were six months ago or two years ago yeah. and um, I shouldn't have been speaking at all <laughs> exactly yeah I, I recently saw an interview that I did like in my second year in Montreal because when I arrived in Montreal I didn't speak one word and I, I saw an interview that I did and I just cringed I was like oh god God, um, but uh, yeah, that's that, that's an that's an odd one in terms of in terms of how it how it plays through. But I think what I realized too was that you know when I'm writing, like I, well, really anything of yeah. conversation, whatever it is, like I kind of like to go deep into it, and mm. and you really need um, quite a high level of education in a language to to get the subtlety and the nuance to be able to you know get poetic with it. So yeah. 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 So it actually, the more I learn, the more it veers me away from singing in right. Spanish or French. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. So I've essentially been singing in nursery rhyme language, uh, you know. So do you dream only in English or does it go back and no, forth? No, I'm now, now I dream partially in French as well, which huh. is kind of trippy. Yeah. Yeah. I would think I would, I would find that a bit trippy. Yeah. But yeah. I guess that's, you know, that's how your brain is working. But the first dream that I ever had in French wasn't in French. It was me it was someone was speaking to me in French and in my mind I was translating what they were saying right, so that I could right. understand it. So it's it's mirrored the whole process, yeah. which has been funny. Well, I've been learning French. I finally get stuck on a word and then I, like as people, someone is talking to me, I'll get stuck on a word and then I've, I'm like, oh no, I have to keep up. I have to keep yeah. going. <laughs> like, forget about that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Because I'm, I'm probably at the point that in a year's time I'll be like, I should never have spoken French to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of music did you grow up with? What was in the house? Uh, in the house was 
It was a lot of classical, um, because back in those years, you know, whenever we were in the car, I guess it was the CBC, and back in those years, it was CBC was primarily classical. With a little bit of Nana Muscuri in there? Do you have any Nana? I had I Nana in my house. Did you? Oh, yeah, hardcore. Um, no, I didn't have Nana. I had Julio. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I had a little bit of Julio Iglesias, I will admit. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, God bless him. <laughs> uh, and and then both my both my folks were into jazz uh, okay. to to a certain yeah. extent. So um, yeah, so so there was uh, a lot Louis, of jazz in the house. Yeah, like Cleo Lane. My dad's a big fan of Louis Armstrong. Was it one of those houses where there was music in the background all the time, or was it a special occasion to have music on? No, not at all. In terms of my mom and dad's house, um, I don't think of it as a particularly musical home, except that my mom never stopped singing. Right. So really, where where the music saturation came from was from my mom. Uh, hmm. She's one of those people that, you know, I mean, whatever happened. I mean, it doesn't even matter what the cue is. It can be the slightest, tiniest thing, and she'll just pick <laughs> up on it and just break into a line from a musical, you yeah. know, or a standard, and that's yeah. the kind of mom that she is. And then and then my grandparents, I was raised a lot by them, my mom's parents, and they sang like birds. They, they had beautiful voices. Right. Um, so they sang a lot of, you know, old sort of classic ballads. Yeah. Great whistlers in my family. Were they oh, whistlers really? too? My grandfather, yeah. Yeah, that's he, what I remember of my grandfather. Really? Yeah. Do you remember him trying to teach you to whistle? I think that he might have been between my mom and my grandfather were the ones who taught me. Yeah, but okay. he was, that's what I remember, is this very big man whistling. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my grandfather turning to me when I was about eight and saying, you know, kid, it took me about two years to teach you to whistle. And I've regretted it every day since. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's true because now uh, one of the things that it, last summer was a kid with a recorder, and oh. I was ready to take the recorder and just snap. Have you ever heard like a six-year-old with a recorder? Oh, and you can't you can't tune those things, and no. some of them are are just not in tune to begin with. They're made out of plastic, yeah. those school ones, and yeah. a lot of them are not like yeah. Yeah, they should not be in the oh, mouths of babes. Brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> Yeah. So a lot of what we talk about on this podcast and obviously here at the National Arts Centre that we're interested in is is Canadian uh, musicians. Was there any sort of growing up, and if you look at your music now and and your your career, Canadian uh, singer-songwriter or artist that you really could say, you know, that's my, um, that's one of the huge influences for me? There, to be honest with you, there were so many. Mm. Um, I'm mostly influenced by by Canadians, uh, despite the fact that I spend so much time bouncing all over the place. Um, but I was madly in love with 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 the album Ingenue by Katie Lang when I oh, was yeah. young, and my mom's friend w- was the general manager of what w- it was then called the O'Keefe Center in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's changed names like nine times since then, but. And when I was so when I was eleven or twelve, I got to go and see her perform for the first time, and I actually got to go two nights. And it's, I mean, that voice for yeah. me is just when if when you're live in the room watching it, you just think this isn't coming from a human. Yeah. it's too, it's too otherworldly and it's too effortless and too beautiful. So so in terms of 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 that kind of an influence, she's she's extraordinary. Um, but then it was also in terms of songwriting, um, I mean, for me, Rufus Wainwright is still one of the most mm-hmm. extraordinary writers, mm-hmm. uh, like of our time, mm-hmm. really. Um, 
And then definitely when I was a teenager, I was writing for a, a young feminist magazine when I was about 15, and I got to interview Kinney Star, Veda Hilly, oh, yeah. and yeah. Veda Hilly and O Susanna on oh, the, the Scrappy, Scrappy Bitch Tour. tour. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That was about 92? 90, no, a little bit no, later than that. No, it was later than that because I was, I was 16, so it was, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe 96 or 97. Yeah. That was a terrific tour. And Kinney Star snuck me in through the back alley. Yeah. Behind the Rivoli to get into the show because I was underage and yeah. it was like, yeah, one of the most exciting moments of my adolescence. I just felt so cool. Do you remember the first concert that you went to? Uh, I don't actually. No. 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 And um, but going to, to see live music was it something that was a? It sounds like it was a big part of your youth. Yeah, my mom was interesting. She um, she she went to. She grew up in Ontario. She went to York University and she went. Straight out of out of out of um, drama school uh, into the Stratford Festival, mm. and so she had this background as an actor, um, and uh, which she stopped doing when she was raising me. And when I was born, she said, "You," she said, "When you were just just days old, she said your eyes were so um, focused." Mm. She said, "You seemed like this very old person in this little tiny body, and so I knew that you were going to need a lot of stimulation because you were taking everything in." So she very consciously uh, kept a community of people that could give me all of these different experiences that she couldn't necessarily provide me, right? Like being able to go and see Katie Lang at you know yeah. at a big concert hall like that where we never could have afforded to go. So. Um, yeah, I was I was lucky getting to see a lot of performance, but a lot of it was Shakespeare. Actually, a lot of it was theater when right. I was little. Yeah. Did Did you ever do theater yourself? Nope. No, just nope. just watched. Wasn't your thing? I no, I did. I, I dug it. I really dug it. And actually, since then, it's one of it's 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 one thing that I would still like to do is is to is to study, not to become an actor, but to study because it's. I've I've since done I since started studying like when I was in Paris I was studying movement a lot with this woman right. um, who's in the school of Pina Bausch and mm-hmm. and that philosophy and and a lot of those exercises are the same that that actors study and so yeah that was pretty that was pretty fun and that yeah wet my appetite yeah Pina Bausch is a, a favorite here at the National Arts Center that Kathy Levy has has a long history in dance here with that mm. that company and. Is a name we hear a lot in the hallways, but um, so that's interesting. Um, so is that something that you do? Is you um, you push yourself to learn learn new things all the time, try new things out like that, or it? You know, when I when I look over the last few years of my life, it would seem so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's, it's, it's funny. You get to this point, you're like. You know, I should try that. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like I have a pattern of throwing yeah. myself into the deep end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny. She was at that show too. She was at that that first showcase that I did in Paris, where 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 the the industry people there didn't like me very much that first time around. And and she invited me to to a this woman Nina Deepla invited me to a dance class to observe. She right. said, "Would you like to come and watch me teach?" And I said, "Sure." And I showed up. And then she said, "Have a seat on the floor." And I was like, "No, no, I'm good. I'm I'm here to observe." And she was like, "No, no." I said, "I'm I'm good. I'm in the corner." And I sat in the corner. And then she welcomed her class. Yeah. And said, "We have a special guest today. Would you please make space for her on the floor?" <laughs> Two hours later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
you know, sweaty and disgusting and wearing jeans and like a button up T-shirt, I was I was hooked. And then, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I am absolutely thrilled that you're here. And, and uh, from the moment they started asking me about what was the show I wanted to see, I kept saying it was yours. So I hope that if people are listening and don't know uh, Alejandro Rivera, that they'll take a moment and thank go you. and look you up on the Internet and listen to some music, because I think you are a Canadian treasure. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Talk again soon. Cool. Thanks for listening to We Love Canadian Music. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast. We hope you'll give NAC Presents a like on Facebook and find us online by searching for NAC Presents. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.